0: Yeah, so James, if you wanted to start out by just sharing a little bit about your journey and how you found Gentle Somatic Yoga and where you are today.
1: Um, Thank you. Thank you for the invitation also to have this interview. It's Mm. so nice to be back at Yogaville. Mm. Um, And I've been sharing a lot with people over the past week in the retreat and the training. So um, I'm excited to to have this interview. I don't know where to start because my journey began quite early. after I got back from Europe at 19, after exploring some other occupations, I, re- I read uh, Autobiography of Yogi mm-hmm. by Paramahansa Yogananda. And at that point, I didn't have any experience with this field of healing arts and yoga. And um, I was really fortunate at a young age to have two pretty profound spiritual experiences. One was through a 10-day Vipassana meditation retreat, my first one, silent. Mm-hmm. And after the fourth day of receiving the full Vipassana instructions, I had um, a pretty big um, awakening, spiritual awakening. I didn't know it then. All I knew was that I became part of unified consciousness Hmm. and entered a pretty deep state of bliss. And that really affected the course of my life, which that was over 35 years ago unified consciousness. How would you describe (laughs) some more words what that is? Well, um, for me, I can still remember the state. In fact, I'm having a lot of energy come down through on the top of my head into my body. So just give me a second. Yeah. (sighs) Um, Where there's no thought and there is an experience of um, merging with the universe source where I'm I'm not separate. I'm a part of, mm. and a feeling of incredible expanse, um, along with feelings of, of bliss and joy. And it, 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 it's like it, it was like a big, bright, effervescent light, mm. and a knowing that I belong, and that everyone is part of that. Mm. Not just people, but planets and universes and. Mm. But these are words to describe something that didn't have words (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) it it was the first time of no thought and Mm. and knowing that i was all part of all Mm. yeah so maybe we'll
0: dive more into that but please continue with your journey
1: (laughs) okay well having that as an experience was like wow because i was raised christian and you know taught to believe that god or source was outside and you know, that there was all these bridges to get there. So I didn't know it at the time, but all I knew, whatever I was experiencing, I wanted more of. I wanted to live and embody that state. Hmm. And at the same time, I was uh, studying with Native American um, sh- shamans, Indians in Northern California. And that combined um, being barefoot on the earth and taking part in the ceremonies, um, vision quests, and sweat lodges and learning to communicate with truth and integrity uh, that also influenced me at that time.
0: Hmm.
1: So I'm sharing that because for me, it was a con- my first conscious decision to really follow the wisdom of my heart and to find out who I was as a being. And um, since then I just had the blessing of just meeting incredible teachers along the way.
0: Hmm.
1: So one of my teachers uh, is Eleanor Criswell Hannah and she's the wife of the late Thomas Hanna. The neuroscience behind General Somatic Yoga is Hanna Somatic Education. And so when I was going to school at Sonoma State um, University, which is north of San Francisco, in my early 20s, middle 20s, um, I took somatic yoga, my very first yoga class, somatic yoga, it was an upper division psychology class. And Before, previous to that, I was an athlete. Mm. So to come into a room and stretch and, you know, do mantras and meditate um, was new for me. And I was just so, I was so um, pulled to that class that I kept taking it multiple semesters. Mm. And eventually Eleanor came to me and said, you know, have you ever considered um, continuing in this field? Because I forget what she said, but it was, I just felt really seen. And I didn't really know myself on that level, but I could see that she did, that she saw something Mm -hmm. in me, a light or, and I just, I remember feeling like, well, I'm gonna say yes, because it just felt right. So that was the beginning of starting to, what later would become General Somatic Yoga was under the mentorship of Eleanor Criswell. And so I did, I signed up for some massage courses and Um, I also signed up to become a certified Hannah Semitic educator, and before I know it, (laughs) I'm on that that path and taking as many courses as I could for at least 10 or 15 years. I was taking course after course, and looking at the whole self, I eventually became a certified um, core energetic uh, body-oriented psychotherapist, studied with Barbara Brennan, energy work, and through a clinical practice and seeing how... Effect of a lot of the tools and skills that I had were affecting and impacting people significantly. I asked myself, How can I bring this to more people? Mm. And so that's a short answer to a really long journey that eventually led to the method.
0: This, how I can bring it to more people is that a direct result for your feeling of gratitude for discovering this and the effect that it's had on your life? And you're like, Oh my gosh, it's been so good for me, Uh, even almost like a
1: compulsion to share it with others. Yeah, Yeah, completely. I'm I'm having chills right now from head to toe because you really are tuning in because that's what it was. I felt, gosh, if I could be so blessed to have these experiences and feeling emotional about it with joy, um, if I could have these experiences and I'm able to share them with one person at a time for most of my career, I had a clinical practice. So if I saw four people a day, or five people a day, four times a week. That was wonderful. But eventually becoming certified teaching yoga and combining all these things, I thought, wow, maybe I can, maybe I can start opening the, this up so more people can have this knowledge. Hmm.
0: And it seems like you've been fairly successful in doing that. And so that's like another, another level, right? It's like, okay, this is what I wanna do. And then now you've actually been
1: able to do it. So what is that like? <laughs> It's pretty wild looking back at it because I never, um, I never intended to create a new method of yoga or a style of yoga. I mean, I feel like I'm just an artist, like many of us, there's so many gifted movement educators and yoga mm-hmm. teachers and, you know, part of lin- long time lineages like integral yoga with Swami Satchitananda. Um, I wasn't, I, was, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't start off to do this. It was just what I call following my inner yes, which is following my heart, So where it started was with um, one of my peers and friends, Sherry Zach Morris, she had a company called Take Five Moment. Mm. And she wanted to find experts in the field of healing arts and deliver five minute videos of self-help. So that's, once we put together those videos and she launched them and people started becoming interested, then she said, why don't we put together a DVD set? Mm. so I'm like, okay, so it was like this. It was just like Mm. people reaching out saying, hey, I have this idea. What you're doing is really awesome. Um, so it was just kind of like an experiment. And um, those videos just kind of started becoming vir- viral? Viral? Viral. <laughs> viral. And people started buying them and they wanted to know more. So it was just kind of like that, just following what I call, you know, like the universe coming to me and then I'm mm. responding. And then that step led to the next step and led to the next step, mm. which eventually ended up. Into um, designing a program.
0: You mentioned, you know, tuning into your heart, like, kind of listening to your heart, yeah. and allowing it to guide you, yeah. Is that something that you feel has been consistent for you throughout your life,
1: or something that you, maybe you've learned how to do more through life experience? Well, because I had those early spiritual experiences, that was my reference to who I, who I am. So for me, doing anything not that is. Hurt, like I feel um, discomfort. Mm. Not that I don't find discomfort in the spiritual journey of learning my my soul lessons and learning through life's relationships, and you know, there's certainly a lot of life challenges. And when I come back to my heart, that's where I know I have strength and courage to continue moving forward. It's really the only answer for me. I can't I can't do anything else. Otherwise, I'd be betraying myself at soul level. That's what it feels like. Mm. So yeah, I've, I've learned and I continue to practice um, feeling into that consciousness, how that might, that's different than the personality consciousness and Mm. understanding the different levels or dimensions of the mind, mind meaning consciousness. It's just a passion of mine. I've studied it for a long time and have done uh, brainwave biofeedback and I've gotten to, uh, I've, I've become comfortable recognizing when the messages do come from that place. Hmm. So that's my commitment to myself and also to others, people that are drawn to be in relationship with me. Hmm. Have you found that those
0: messages mm, come often during like deep stillness and silence, whether it's meditation or when you go to that place of neutrality where the mind isn't active and thinking, then in that place, a message kind of comes through that feels like it's more true and more
1: towards more from your heart. Say The reference to know, um, when I'm, when I'm, um, well, I'm laughing because like, even right now I'm feeling us connected in the heart. So, um, to learn the quality of that, um, part of my consciousness came through meditation and some of my other training. Um, so there's a signature that feels different. Like when I'm teaching, I feel less of the personality and more of the divine channel maybe. I mean, I'm hesitant to say that, but it's hard to ex- express where all of a sudden something's coming through or I'm aware of me, but it's, it's may- maybe like the whole self or the higher self. Yeah. There's a quality, there's an essence different. Like a whole, my whole being. My whole being, yeah. yeah. Like nothing separate. Hmm. It's all included. And so now I pay attention when I'm in relationship with others or when I'm working, um, when I'm walking, um, right now I can feel, I can feel connected. Hmm. And is
0: is this a big part of the work is my understanding, like to, to guide others,
1: so to speak, to be able to do this as well? Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, so this weekend, um, I taught a spiritual weekend retreat here at Yogaville and the theme was finding your inner yes. Mm. And I chose that theme because that's the best way I could describe what it feels like for me. Mm. When I'm feeling coherent with my whole self, there's a, there's a, a feeling inside. Where, um, so for me, an, a yes would be, for example, I feel grounded. I feel present. Um, I feel light, mm. lighter. I feel buoyant, but not lighter like off the ground, but lighter like um, spacious. Mm. Um, I feel um, an inner courage or a strength, but not from the ego, but from a place of comfort and ease. Mm. Um, Enthusiastic, uh, a true sincere desire to share, Mm. a willingness to, even though I'm not, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going all the time, but I know that it feels right. (laughs) So that's like a current, it's like a wave for me. And so I felt inspired to share that with people is finding their own inner. Yes, because each of us are so different. We're so diverse. And we each have our own unique message. And that's one of my passions is to create a space in which people can find their own heart message and their own inner. Yes. And pay attention and, and be from this space.
0: Mm. Yeah, I've heard you speak about freedom too. Mm. You're making me think about freedom. yeah. And, and specifically like the teacher-student relationship, right? And I'm curious what you think about like the potential for this relationship or how you try to form this relationship between your, yourself and your, and your students, mm-hmm. where it seems like autonomy is extremely important for you to, mm-hmm. you're, you're almost maybe seeing yourself more as like a guide for mm-hmm. them to listen to what feels right yes. within themselves yes. to find that yes. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this also might be challenging for people that haven't had that r- kind of a relationship with, with a teacher where it's been more of, of, I'm telling you what to do and you follow these steps. Mm-hmm. And there isn't really that process uh, or the invitation to, hey, go inside yourself, and that's the most important thing. Yeah. Is for you to discover what your truth is, right? So, yeah, I'm just curious if that if that is kind of one of the things that that you prioritize addressing, and and do you find maybe it's uncomfortable for your students? To, to move into that, or, or maybe they're just, they're welcoming it, they're like, yes, this is what I've always wanted.
1: <laughs> mm. It's been an interesting journey um, being a shore because throughout my career, there's been a lot of projection um, with personality. So with having the capacity to love so big and to be able to accept people and hold presence for people, over time I'm learning how to um, deflect that back to a person that what you're seeing in me is a mirror to you. So it's mm. it's coming with age that I'm able to understand how to be in relationship where I can be a, a clean, that's my intent is to be a clean container mm. to offer it back to my students. Um, so it's practice to do that. Um, Definitely, my teaching style is not hierarchical. One of the main methods in general somatic yoga is interoception. So experiencing the body from within expressed through internal felt sensation. So oftentimes, eyes are closed. My cueing is, how do you feel in your body? Find a body shape that feels comfortable for you. What does that feel like? Mm. You know, And learning how to make generative decisions if, if, if the instruction is to turn to the left, and there's discomfort. Then, with the attitude of discovery and um, exploration, then I keep encouraging people to find what is that for themselves. So, so the instruction is often like that. It goes back to the person. Like, there's a lot of instructions to to decipher what does that mean. But I learned that that's where I can create a really great ground for the method is giving it back to the student. Yeah. So I don't even really like to demonstrate very often mm. because I don't want people to look like me. Mm. And then for people that choose to get trained, I don't want them to sound like me. But if, but if they can learn to stay true to what's nourishing for their soma and start to find those inner yeses, then that's what I'll, I'll continue to inspire. Mm. And have you seen results from this that inspire you? this weekend yes um this week actually because after the spiritual retreat we had a, a level a general somatic yoga level one training yeah. and it's really interesting because getting in with a group of, um, merging with a group of people that i don't know the learning process i saw it as a wave and there are parts of the wave where there it could look like some confusion like people feel uncomfortable with their body they're not sure how, what's going on for them um In this method, a lot of the defenses stored as memory, as trauma or stress in the tissues being released and alignment and balance is coming at different paces for different people. Mm. (laughs) So I'm laughing because to be a witness to all of that and hold a space for all of that is to watch people on their journey. And so what I witnessed in both events this weekend is that people went through that journey Mm. and the mirroring back of like the, the the softening of people's faces and the alignment that just naturally comes, mm-hmm. and the expression of peace and well-being, I saw a lot, and that's for me the hallmark when I can see people returning back to that lightness through through expressing l- peace. Um, that's what I saw a lot of, so that's that shows me that there's been. Um, there's been a releasing of what's no longer serving and, a, and an amplification of prana or life force to fortify. So I, mm. saw, a, I saw a lot of that. Mm. And then people shared um, what they came into the experience with aches and pains. And that's the more obvious way to know is watching people transform in their bodies fairly quickly.
0: Mm.
1: That, that's one of the ways of, of uh, I don't wanna say proof, but like the acknowledgement that something's profound happened Mm. But it's mostly what, what I see is in people's, um, how they express themselves mm. and watching people come together. So I think there's a lot of fear coming, some fear, you know, from the pandemic. I could feel as a collective, people weren't really quite sure mm. how to relate with one another. Do we hug? Do we touch? Do we yeah. stay six feet apart? Right. So there's something that I trust also in the collective soma, not just as well as the individual expression, but also how we come together in community. I saw a transformation there, too. Hmm. Is uh, the practice of trusting or having faith important to you? For me, it is, yes. Um, because You must have caught that when I was sharing. I'm curious to know if you felt that when I was sharing about the di- the different part of the wave that I experienced the group. Because there were times yeah. where... I'm letting go completely and trusting that the container that we've created, and this Yogaville is one of the most amazing, incredible containers. Mm. It's such a blessing and an honor to be here. Mm. And um, I felt into that a lot, um, teaching in the in the Samadhi room, feeling the teachers in the past and the groups in the past that, um, that have done transformative work, and um, the grounds, the gardens, the food, the staff, um, so it was easy for me to um, drop into the feeling of trust mm. because there's so much here. Mm. To be honest, you know this this physical container, yeah. um, an energetic container. It allowed me to sink in and uh, and trust. There were some moments where I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Even just the first night, there was this uh, a confrontation that I experienced. And I just thought, you know what, just let it go. Mm. Keep breathing, keep, keep moving through, come from the heart. And trust is a huge element mm. from a grounded place. Mm. Yeah.
0: Going back to what you mentioned with, with the eyes, closing <sighs> the eyes as we're maybe doing these practices or just in general in life, do you get the feeling that, you know, that our eyes want to break more than just being closed when, they're, when we're asleep? Because I think for probably the average person, our eyes are open all day long, yeah. and then they're only closed when we're, we're asleep. Yeah. Is there, a, like what happens when the, when the eyes are closed and you're still awake, you know? Does that allow, is like kind of an isolation of the senses in a way that allows for something that, that maybe
1: is not possible when the eyes are open? Yes. Yeah, for sure. And because there's already enough distraction. I mean, just look at modern day culture. There's signs and there's, I don't know, there's just so much information that we respond to driving um, that I feel like, yeah, withdrawing at least that sense, then the reference is encouraged to be within. And there's so much to discover. So that is definitely and there's, a, <laughs> there's more information with the eyes closed when we direct ourselves inwards. So um, yeah, I'm not sure if I answered your question because I'm just feeling into yeah. what's accessible. In, w- in yoga classes, it,
0: I mean, it, it, I think it always feels welcome to close your eyes, but I, it feels maybe unusual for that to be a direction. like to close your eyes is you know and how powerful is that during a yoga class
1: to be having your eyes closed as opposed to open um so two things i i was really i'm happy to start getting to know more about the integral yoga um method and and the science and the spirituality because the classes that i've taken here it is Uh, through interoception and making choices, and and some of the talks I've heard from Swami Satchidananda about really trusting your own body and making decisions for yourself. So it's very easy to teach here, um, because um, it feels like that's what's encouraged, is everybody in their own personal spiritual journey. In the outside world, taking classes at yoga studios and institutions, wellness centers, they're to see where yoga has gone, and I've I've been teaching for thirty five years approximately, and even living and growing up in San Diego and in Los Angeles, living near um, Encinitas where Paramahansa Yogananda has his retreat center, mm. yoga wasn't a popular thing then. Mm. There wasn't yoga studios on every corner, you know, like there is now in San Diego. And so when I once it started becoming popular, and I started get, becoming a part of modern expression of culture, then it felt, I could see how yoga was changing to be more about the athleticism Mm. or the exercise. So when I, you know, in my early stages of this practice in this lifetime, um, I saw that there was, with the eyes open, there's a sense of looking around and saying, do I look like that person? And, And especially in my early days with Ashtanga and power yoga and heated yoga, it was natural to compare, you know, and with men and women and with the eyes open and then with all the alignment suggestions like I was very I was part of that wave of like there's an outcome and I'm I'm going into a direction and I want to look like the teacher or one of the better people in class Mm -hmm. and you know that can lead to a lot of um, traps potentially to judge ourselves based on what we're seeing externally and that that for me I I I never, I never fell into that, but I could see how easily it was. And then in my private practice, getting people, yoga students that were injured, yoga instructors that get injured, you know, traveling in different parts of the world where living in pain is kind of normal and that yoga is used as a way to manage pain. Like this is all informed the method of general somatic yoga. Mm. So that's how I started to make, I encouraged the interoceptive practice was withdraw from that and tune into the truth of here that it's not an exercise. It's not just an exercise, it's, it's all meditation. It's all the, the, the movements and the poses and the breathing are bridges to bring us back to the divine within. So that's always been my inspiration is seeing what was happening with the popular trillion dollar business of yoga and going, wait a minute, no, 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 no. This is just one small aspect to what yoga really can provide as a lifestyle and um, a method to learn about self. Mm. <laughs> mm.
0: I love it so much, I, I just, I feel that. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for this. Cause I think for, for many of us, like this is such a, an important distinction, mm. you know? So can you describe a little bit more about like the actual mechanics of it and the direction that uh, students are given and how it differs from maybe a more
1: traditional class. Mm -hmm. Um, Just pausing for a moment. I'm having flashbacks of people during the weekend. Mm. And there was um, a moment on the first night where there was a request for more demonstration because it was so different. And it's so interesting how I'm making um, a pretty broad statement, but um, people want to feel comfortable by just giving the instructions, like just tell me what to do, Mm. you know? And I can do that. So one of, (laughs) I'm switching again, (laughs) sorry, I'm going back and forth. But um, the, the science of general somatic yoga is Hannah's somatic education. So Thomas Hanna, um, he died in a tragic car accident in 1990, but he um, retrieved the word soma, which means body in Greek, and he, he expanded it with somatics to describe the whole self-experience from within, so first-person experience. Mm. So that's how I learned um, how to self-reference, So introspection, that's, interception, sorry, that's definitely um, where the body becomes the teacher Mm. and the breath becomes the teacher and the consciousness becomes the teacher. So there is no outcome, it's a journey. And because people are coming into awakening in their own time, in their own um, belief systems or lifestyle, this is what we all have in common we all share a body hmm. so this is our first language before english or Hindi or spanish or french this is the, the language <laughs> yeah it, it,
0: it's 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 interesting or
1: I, I wonder
0: you know how this disconnection from the body hmm. has even happened because hmm. it's so obvious that this like it doesn't feel that this body is is everything for sure, you know. In spiritual life, we acknowledge that I am not only my body. Right. At the same time, the vo- the body is vitally important for having um, uh, an experience of wellness in in life. But it seems that a disconnection has happened, and so and I hear you talking about like an unwinding. Yes. Right. Yes. And so I'm curious if you have any insights into you know, how the winding mm.
1: occurs. Mm. 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 It took a long time for me to understand grounding in my own evolution. Um, I have tenant i I'm a very creative person. I'm a very passionate person. I, I love to go really big and really far. So it took... It's a continuous practice for me to come back and just enjoy the simple things of life, eating, breathing, being in a relationship, and learning how to take care of this vehicle, this vessel. Um, So what I have experienced in myself and also with my clients and my students is that we all come into this world with a lot of traumatic life experiences. For many people, this is even at conception or being in our mother's belly or you know, being raised in, into life situations that are undesirable. When I, I use the term barbaric. It seems very, there's a, there's a barbaric sense mm-hmm. of being human. <laughs> that it's yeah. amazing that we're all still here on some level because we're all designed the same. Not only do we wanna survive, but we wanna thrive. And it's all based on our perception about, is it a real threat or is it perceived threat? Mm -hmm. And often it's both. Mm -hmm. So each of us, we learn through life experiences. We perceive how can we survive? How can we maintain ourselves with all of life's challenges? So what I have seen is that um, on a psychological level, mental, emotional, physical, we're constantly reacting um, on that primitive level Mm -hmm. And so those memories store in our tissues and they store with muscles go contracted in our body, whether it was a surgery or an accident or an emotional relationship or a challenging work situation, a sports injury. Um, When we're not aware of how we keep reacting to life's experiences, our body holds to protect. Mm -hmm. So I call that armoring. Or, um, or building defense structures. And most of it is subconscious. So I've learned to read bodies and to be with my students and with a lot of compassion and understanding, um, the great unwinding is from that subconscious level. So that's why we don't necessarily always focus on stretching. We don't focus on stretching in general somatic yoga. We come into body uh, shapes where there'll be a temporary stretch but to come out of the unwinding is to access that cellular memory, not through thought, but through moving it energetically. So the movements in general somatic yoga um, through the, this art called pendiculation, which I'm happy to talk about, it's really coming closer into ourselves to reclaim the parts that we left behind from stressful life experiences. So I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, but each of us have found ways tools to manage. And um, so when I say reclaim parts of abandoned self, I think that like when we have really, like I'm, I'm gonna try to come up with a personal example. Um, um, for me, um, I was I've always been a sensitive person. I've always been an artistic person. And like many young people, I was bullied in school. And so when I was going through high school, it was really hard for me because every day I was afraid that somebody was gonna hurt me. Mm -hmm. And in my environment, I didn't feel adults or family members to protect me. Mm -hmm. So I internalized this anxiety, this fear. And um, I masked it because when I would complain or when I would try to ask for help, it seemed like I was only rewarded if I would just be a good boy or not ask a lot of questions mm. or um, conform. So I was the person that learned how to get A's in school and be the best at sports and to look a certain way and dress a certain way. And it's because I wanted to feel safe in my environment. I wanted people to love me because then, then I was safe. Mm. So that created a lot of armoring in myself because I wasn't really present to me. I was, I was, I was interacting with the world based on survival and masking it like I was fine and happy and successful, which I was on mm-hmm. some level. So it took years of becoming more honest with myself and realizing, oh my gosh, I'm really angry inside. I'm really afraid inside. I've been abandoned. I feel that's the anger is I feel abandoned. I feel where, is, where do I belong? in this world because internally, I feel like a lot of this is a lie. So I had to go through, I chose Mm. to go through a lot of processes to get in contact and be truthful with that energy blueprint Mm. in my tissues, which that's what kind of led me through learning all of this to get to this point. So that's my empathy and compassion for when I'm working with people is I know each of us come with big life stories. And a lot of us don't remember how we, what we went through through those hard times but it is stored in the body we see it in the posture we see it in limitations of people not being able to bend up and pick something mm. up something or we had a hobby and we're no longer able to continue it because something hurts mm. so that's part of the method of gentle somatic yoga is unwinding and repatterning the brain to muscle connection so that we can regain voluntary control of our muscles and our physiology And the result of that is freedom, Mm -hmm. because now we're back in a choice point in our physical being, but also a choice point in our emotional being, our mental being, and our spiritual being if you choose to explore that part of the whole self. So freedom is ultimately the gift of doing this unraveling, this exploration through a lot of kindness and self-compassion. Choices come back as a response to loving ourselves, <laughs> hmm. Remembering. <laughs> Process remembering. of remembering.
0: And how about just simply remembering hmm. that the body is amazing? Hmm. <laughs> like how important is it, the stories that we tell ourselves, like what we hmm. believe, if I believe that my body is not good enough. Exactly. Like I need to lose a certain amount of weight or uh, I'm not attractive, you know? Yeah. Like, all of that seems disconnected from maybe what the, the, the truth is, at least my belief of the truth, that all all of our bodies are amazing. The fact that we can see and we can touch and we can eat and we can, it's, it's unbelievable. Getting back to that, like that foundation of just like awe and wonder at what I am. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, it's pretty much a miracle, isn't it? It seems to be. <laughs> <laughs> the, those words on wonder came up a lot while I've been here at Yogaville um, facilitating these events because that's what, when I'm looking around, like when I'm looking across at you and, and being here, like the fact that we can look out these eyes and that there's an image that comes back and, um, yeah, for me, this this is a miracle. And so it brings me comfort to know that we're more the same, you and I, than we are different mm. at the very base level of we are two somas not only wanting to survive but to thrive and that's what plants mm. have that's what animals have i believe that's what the earth has as a consciousness as a soma i believe the earth is a soma the stars so it seems like clear that like this is this is the goal maybe to thrive
0: yes but perhaps there's been a lot of confusion for how to get there <laughs> yes uh, so going back to the safety, yes, I think is a really, really big thing. If yes. we don't feel safe, yeah, then that changes everything. And in order to find safety, I think the story you shared about yourself is maybe very common. Yeah, for for people. Yeah, that I don't feel safe. Yeah, so in order to feel safe, mm-hmm. I need to play into a cer- certain game mm-hmm. where I am viewed. More positively, yeah in the eyes of others and and then i 'm going to be safe yes, and i 'm not really aware of what I'm sacrificing yeah. in in order to to make that happen, yeah but now I think like it's much more common, hopefully <laughs> that actually what 's going to make me the most safe and thrive is to tune into myself more and not to try to
1: be what I'm not, essentially. Absolutely, yeah. And when the body's hurting, like the body doesn't lie. Like the the body, (laughs) it's such an incredible reference for this great remembering. For me, it has been, I can speak for myself. And once we recognize how we've internalized the the wound, whatever that is for each person, the suffering that we've been through, the answer is, at least for me, uh, there's many. There's many ways in, like the eight limbs of yoga. There's a lot of ways to remember. Mm. I find this is the most um, um, non-dogmatic way to enter mm. remembering, because we all have a physical body. So yeah, feeling safe here, and it's a, it can be confusing. There's a lot of challenging conditions that people are going through, like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, Lyme's disease, bulging discs, um, where the, you know, there's just uh, so many conditions where people are suffering autoimmune diseases, where the body's just struggling to maintain health. And I have a lot of empathy and compassion for people in any state. And I feel there is a way to change the relationship, to enhance the intimacy with ourself, change the relationship to pain and discomfort, change the relationship in which we react to ourself and our environment. There's ways to learn to be peaceful Mm. within, Mm. even in the most challenging states. I think there's chances for freedom. They're more challenging so I'm honoring people wherever they're at on their path. You know, there's, there's, you know, war zones where people get, you know, decapitated or whatever or par- par- paralyzed stroke. You know, all of those things are real life experiences. And I feel like inside our DNA, there's memory of union. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, there's memory of of not suffering, there's memory of this unified state. So I I feel like it's accessible for everyone. And that's up to each person's journey how to get there. So for me and this method, I found a way to, I'm not the only one, I've been gifted from all my teachers and I'll pass it on to my students, Mm. is that there's a way to learn how to be more comfortable and to bring these parts of disowned self back and to integrate the information so that our body can, we learn to be generative through our movements and through our lifestyle. There's ways to be in our body and in our lifestyle that can bring prana in, to welcome the, the life force in. And I feel like self-love and acceptance and um, and um, compassion and empathy, those are all key tools to remember and... Um, yeah, so for me, accessing the body and helping a person unravel uh, these tension, these deep stress-rooted symptoms, yeah. the, the, the guaranteed experience is peace and well-being and love and joy, because that is who we are in our pure state yeah. before the layers of stress and amnesia. Yeah.
0: Simplifying it, what factor do you think speed plays in this? That just the act of of slowing down, learning how to do that,
1: leads into the things that you're talking about. Yes, um, again, kind of our conversation about the eyes closed and the practice of you know interoception coming back inside to internal felt sensation presence to be present with the self to come into a parasympathetic nervous state which is the opposite of survive and that pure state of awareness that's the practice for me yeah. is slowing down enough so that i can be present to what is as an observer yeah. as a neutral as a neutral consciousness that is where the most profound states of memory come when there's an unconditional sense of witness or observer without the story mm. when i ask you about just like our relationship with with
0: other people and kind of going back to the sharing aspect you know it seems somewhat challenging sometimes i think for many of us to is we want to help and we wanna share, yeah. whatever word yeah. we use. It seems that the, it really needs to come from a place of the inside for someone to want to change. I mean, I guess people that maybe come to you have already made that decision, but maybe not. Maybe maybe they've only made a, like, a slight decision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it seems like a, a tricky thing to navigate sometimes. So like, in terms of your relationship with other people and and communicating with them. Like if you found that sometimes maybe like you, you overstep and you've learned like, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe that was too much or like, it it seems like almost like it's art to to, to know when to offer something, when to just be silent.
1: Yeah. Back back to our, I love, I'm really appreciating, first of all, thank you for, to be present with me and to ask these beautiful questions, I feel really honored that you're offering your presence to me and you're interested and curious. So thank you, just for me to you, <laughs> number one. <laughs> it's totally this a is a relationship, and I've never met you before. So, um, uh, I mean, we have had uh, electronic communication, but it's so. Um, So what I'm feeling is a spiral in our conversation, like we were talking about trust. So first, I have to learn to trust myself, and that takes my commitment to stay grounded and to stay present and true for me. I think that's hopefully what we can do in relationship is to commit. And, and being here at the, you know being here at the ashram, it's clear that people are on this path to, to, to be responsible for ourselves. Um, so this is the best community to practice in because, <laughs> because we're committing to, to come from the heart. But in the in the outside world, like in everyday activity, yeah, a lot of people come with a lot of skepti- skepticism. I mentioned projection, like how could I be so happy and so successful and so connected to my joy and passion? There's sometimes there can be envy and, and anger. Um, yeah. I've noticed that I, I seem to be a part of an archetype that, people are uncomfortable with. It seems like um, the more I, I grow in my light and my love, I've experienced experiences and energies where people wanna take that down. Mm. I've had to recreate myself many times um, and it's really challenging and it hurts. Like it's like, I'm in shock and disbelief that humans can treat each other like this. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, to be um, now here in this stage of my life, um, That's my commitment is to be, to to maintain a being state of my values and my ethics and continue to work on myself and be honest when I make mistakes and show my vulnerability with people, even when I'm I'm sharing this work and be transparent and show my human side. Because there certainly is still, you know, there's a lot of challenges that I still am working through but to be honest and be humble and to share this in common that we all have with each other. So these are values of my own. So when I know when I come from this place that with the element of trust, then I I trust each moment that it's gonna unfold exactly how it is. Now, I'm not always in that state (laughs) because really trippy stuff can be a mirror to me, like, whoa, this is happening. It's breathe, ground, Mm. trust, and to practice not taking things personal Hmm. <laughs> have you, I'm curious, have you done any work
0: um, kind of forming a relationship with death and like bring death into your life more on a, maybe a regular basis? And have you noticed an effect that that's had?
1: Just taking a moment because I'm feeling a lot of energy swirling inside. Yeah, take as as much time as you need. Yeah. Um, I'm also um, asking myself uh, to what level do I want to share? Part of my unique path um, for my own Soma evolution has been uh, to study with indigenous cultures from around the world and um, through different ceremonies and rituals, um, I have learned to navigate um, non-ordinary states of consciousness. Mm -hmm. My first experience being the one that I shared with you when I was 19 through Mm Vipassana and having that true experience. I've had many experiences in my life similar to that in different um, situations. So I feel blessed that I've been able to, what I feel have gone into that place of what it is to not be in the physical Mm -hmm. and have experiences and those other realms where I personally feel comfortable. Um, um, Having a sense that after I leave this physical shell, I have a sense where I'll be as a a pure state of consciousness. Mm And I've been able to experience the awe and wonder as I watch people in their transformational process that reminds me of that spark of pure consciousness. So Mm. for me, um, I'm not afraid of death because I know that um, we'll continue on as consciousness. And I trust that because I've been there. I feel like I've been there, Mm. but I can't project that onto another person. And I I think each person is gonna have an experience with that unique, they might describe it differently than me perhaps, but I've had the experience. And um, so death, I'm not afraid. So I'm, I'm wondering, back to your question earlier about, for me being in a being state, mm. then there's less importance about outcomes of any mm. kind, mm. C- consequences. Um, and I like to guide people into experiencing that through general somatic yoga is that through staying true to the breath and staying true to where the body, body's edges are, that there's almost like a surrender to the small self, but the larger self, like connected to source or God, that that is the practice. Even in traditional forms of yoga, like Shavasana, you know, practicing the corpse pose, to practice for that moment when we transition. Mm-hmm. So even with the eyes open, you're referring to the practice is keeping the eyes open and, and being non-attached to what's showing up. And yet, yet, at the same time, fully embodying every single moment. It's kind of a paradox, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? I'm realizing that.
0: Hmm. Yep. I'm curious. So that <laughs> like the, the effect, I guess, essentially, is forming a relationship with death on my fear or uh-huh. if fear is kind of getting in the way yeah. for me being free. yeah. If I go to that place yeah. where I can accept that that death is a part of, of life and that it can come at any time and I'm okay with that, like I'm genuinely okay with that, then like, what is the outcome of that? How can that change the quality of, of my life as opposed to if, like, I don't want to look there. And what, what is that happening? If I'm shutting out that reality, I don't want to believe
1: what is true, yeah. When you're, as you're sharing and speaking, I'm thinking about death in relationship to the experience of any kind of change. Mm. Like a death of a relationship, a mm. death of a job, mm. a death of an age, yeah. a death of a, a body uh, expression. You know, as I age, I'm seeing my body change. Um, deaths of friendships changing. Um, a cold or flu comes through or COVID and mm-hmm. there's change or, or a storm will come and wipe out and change. Yeah, so we're like, we're the caught, reality of impermanence. Yeah, just, yeah. So when you're speaking of death, that's when I'm having flashes mm-hmm. of like, we get to practice death every day, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so the practice is how are we in change and Without the physical death, but witnessing the changes. Mm. So, mm. how do we? How do we? How do we? How are, How do we maintain fear of change when it's happening all the time? Right. You know what I mean? Like it's. So I don't know. That's. Maybe what's helped me
0: tremendously <laughs> is gratitude. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. To, like that's kind of when mm. we're like moving around a little bit, but. That's yeah. the thing that just it it just op- opens it up, uh, and it's just like okay, I'm not I'm not owed
1: a certain amount of time. Yeah, and that that's okay. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you saying that because gratitude is definitely one of the one of the values that I live is t- to honor each moment, even when looking at a flower or looking at the sunset or you know being here with you right now. Uh, and being here in this beautiful property with all this amazing staff is maintaining that sense of awe and wonder and the gratitude for how much love and how much sharing there is. When, when things, when we're in that inner yes and we get to ride it, maintain that sense of gratitude. Right. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's so funny. It's almost like, I think in a way, like the, the abundance that we're given sometimes yeah. um, maybe causes us to be somewhat spoiled. You know, Um, there's there's a part of me that's wanted to like, just take a real break from life. I mean, meditation is the closest thing I can get in doing like a silent retreat. But just like, take like a true time out and then come back to it with like fresh eyes, you know? Um, Just because it's just, wow, we get another day and then another day and more experience and more food and more friendships. And (laughs) it's just like, maybe the habit is to start to take it for granted and I don't wanna do that. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's easy to be in a bubble when we're comfortable in our own personal practices or when we're with our spiritual community or, you know, we take refuge in the techniques that we use and the methods that we use to feel comfortable. And um, yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I mean, I just personally moved to a a new state and a new home with the desire to create space to just see what arises without me um, directing anything, mm. but to be in my own energy field, because I've been very busy. I've been around a lot of people. I carry a lot of responsibility. and I, I have a team of people working with me. And yeah, who are we when we just stop everything? Who are we when we let go of our beliefs of who we are or, or our desires where we think we're going, mm-hmm. where I'm going? Mm-hmm. So I, while you're talking, I'm, I'm in a similar place right now as who am I if I just allow myself just to be without doing anything? Right. No meditation technique, no movement practice. <laughs> I think too it's like opening up
0: to the lack of control, which is yes. you know like the just the cosmic giggle a little bit, like we all have situations like this like for you taking maybe as one example that yeah. one class yeah. that you took <laughs> and resonating with it and you kept going back to it and that changed the whole trajectory of your life so this class happened to be offered at the right time for yeah. you to be there and it's like our lives are like that so much like one little event changes everything yes and if i open to that it's just then it's just more of like okay, let's be on this ride. I'm gonna try my best for sure, because why wouldn't I? But at the same time, it's not like this, you know, grinding,
1: uh-huh. I've got to figure out the way and yeah, know, type of thing. Wow, while you're talking, I'm feeling a flutter in my um, solar plexus and my heart um, because I just saw Eleanor Criswell recently in San Rafael in California. She's one of my oldest mentors, you know, longtime uh, mentors. And we were having a check-in personally. And when I before I was going to see her, and when I was sitting in front of her, she's such an amazing person. Just um that I saw my life flashing in front of me because she was the consistent, she was the one that really many, many spiritual teachers, but that one particularly. And I was seeing my life flash in front of me. It was, and I'm feeling that now with you, like all the activities and the choices up to this point. And it just feels like like a deck of cards, just yeah. kind like, of <laughs> you know, like, and how one decision, like you said, can just yeah. open yeah. up a whole nother vortex of life unfolding.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. It's a feeling of like, whoo, it's, whoa. It's so <laughs> unbelievable. This thing we're in <laughs> called life. Yeah. Mm. Uh,
0: maybe a final question yeah. I have for you. Sure. So, like to know about kind of your relationship with, with yourself in a way, and maybe positively reinforcing yourself and what place this, this might have. So, you know, it's an example of the retreat the yeah. program that you just led and all the work that you're doing, right? And, and you kind of following this, this thread a bit in your life of, of like, okay, this is, uh, this is meaningful to me. And now I feel called to share and now I'm sharing, and now I'm influencing other people. Uh, So that feels like success to me, like in in terms of of just how we can be successful in life. Okay, we experience something that's positive, we feel called to share it, then we share it, it affects someone else positive. Mm. To me, like, I might define success like that. But Mm -hmm. anyway, if if that is success for you, like what place is there in saying like, good jobs, good job, James? Like, is that not really that important to do? Or is that positive reinforcement, does it have the potential of maybe filling you up more and then allowing you to be even more effective uh,
1: for other people? Mm. Throughout our conversation today, um, I've been feeling into uh, my choice to take refuge in what presents itself in the moment. Like like all I know is this is, this is. Mm. like you and I, I am, we are, this is. And um, so the personality is really not involved with that. Yeah. Um, that's my, my practice with eyes open is, how do I know what is? Well, because whatever is is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in that moment? Mm-hmm. Um, so success for me um, has been really mirrored back in my relationships. Yes, there's success with, with business and um, endeavors. And, um, but for me, it's, it's the quality of relationships that I have mm. that mirrors my success is how, how if, if I can, as I continue, conti- continue to come from my heart and join with other people mm. and, and have these experiences, then that's my biggest success is, 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 is joining in this unified field of heart. Mm. And 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 sustaining this experience, mm. um, all the other things. If I can um, help inspire somebody to create change in their life, then yeah, that does feel like a success. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would use that word, but I know the intent of the word. It's mm. like uh, fulfilling. Yeah, fulfilling. It's enriching. It's inspiring. It fuels me. Like I, I'm leaving Yogaville today after this interview feeling incredibly fulfilled. I feel like I have a sense of belonging, which feels like more of maybe like a human thing. I feel like I've exchanged unconditional touch and regard, kindness. Um, I have a sense of uh, awe and, and um, wonder of how we all get together and share these experiences. So all of this for me is, is the success that I'm, I feel like I'm on the right path because i feel really joyful inside Mm. and so i know challenging times will probably come and that's okay too so for me it's not necessarily about maintaining positivity it's more maintaining a place of acceptance back to some of the themes of the conversation trust presence awareness choosing again uh, acknowledging the contracted spaces just as much as the is the open spaces. Like for me, I'm learning to navigate that change as it's all beautiful. Mm. So um, being good or bad or light or dark or, for those things aren't so much of interest to me now at this place.
0: It's acceptance.
1: Yeah, is right? <laughs> It's
0: it's so unbelievable, right? So it's like accepting that like now you're in a very joyful state. So now, I am, embrace right it, now, yeah. And then if that comes down and you go into more of a contracted place, that's part of the human experience too. I yeah. can accept it. And maybe that's really where the, the struggle comes when
1: we're not accepting yeah whatever whatever is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's that it is. For me that that's what it is, is is that deeper place of surrender. Um yeah acceptance, love, yeah, acknowledging it all without trying to make a story of it. And also for me, recognizing that it's all information. Hmm. Everything is information and the energy keeps changing with the information. So that's back to finding the inner, yes, what's true for me? What's a generative decision for myself that I can make in this situation? Hmm. How can I return back to that inner compass of where I feel connected um, to source energy and bring nourishment into my life through my decisions. Mm. And also maybe not forcing the
0: yes that like has to be like right now that I'm okay with. Is that an aspect too of like being
1: patient and waiting till the yes comes and then it's like, okay, this is really the yes. Yeah. Yeah, if if you're speaking like of an action step, yeah, there there was at least a good year where I was wanting to direct my attention to create the next thing. Mm. And my environment kept just saying, it's not time, it's not time. And there was a sense of frustration of, oh, come on, because I want to create the next thing. Mm. So yeah, having the patience to wait until there's not uh, a grounded, authentic, embodied sense of a direction. um, Until then, staying in the flow and enjoying the ride, being playful when we can, Uh, when I can. Today was very playful for me. I Uh, find myself laughing a lot, um, uh, but I feel it because it's so much fun to be with you right now. And the conversation, it's it's brought a lot of delights. I want to say thank you for... Thank, thank you, you for that. this experience. It's been really fun. <laughs> Me too. It's, it's that fun and playfulness. It's like, that's what I want in my life. I just, yeah. The kids know it. Like,
0: you know, just, they just want to play and I just want to play. Yeah. That's what we want. So
1: yeah. Uh, so right now yeah. in this oneness, yeah. it feels beautiful and I'm grateful. And so thank you. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.